Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hey everyone, before I get started, I just wanted to ask you all to do us a quick favor. We have applied to do a live podcast at South by Southwest next March in Austin, and we need you all to vote for us. So please just go to panelpicker.sxsw.com slash vote and search for Forever 35. Um, You might have to register to actually vote, but please do it. Again, it's panelpicker.sxsw.com slash vote. And then in the search field, just put in Forever 35. Thank you. Hey, welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. I'm Dori Shafrir. We are not experts. We're just two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How's it going, Kate? Dory, can I tell you I foam rolled last night? Go on. I 
I laid out my yoga mat. Mm-hmm. I got my foam roller mm-hmm. that I have mm-hmm. never used. Do you have a big one or a small I one? I have an enormous one. Mm-hmm. Like the Amazon basic is what Wait, I got. can I just tell you? Yes. <laughs> so when my nephew came to visit, this was almost two years ago. So he was like a year and a half and he saw my foam roller <laughs> and he ran over to it and he said, Alexa. Oh my God, stop. He thought it was a life-size <laughs> it was Alexa. A big Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> And he like hugged it. Was he, he like, hugged it. Alexa, tell a joke. <laughs> well, he was only a year and a half, so he couldn't like Dory. He wasn't talking that much, but he was like, Alexa, and like literally hugged it. Oh my God. And That's his a, mom, that is commentary on a larger state totally. of technology. We were dying laughing, and his mom had to be like, Sam, that's that's not an Alexa. <laughs> that is so cute. <laughs> anyway. How is your not Alexa foam roller? Okay, listen, I laid out the foam roller. I got this other thing that I have that's kind of like a mas- lo- long stick that kind of massages. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It has like a bunch of yes, little pieces that stick. roll. I, is it called I that? I think it's called the stick. Then I got... It's the, supposed to be great. I got a lacrosse ball and a tennis ball. These are all tools yeah. I've bought to roll myself out yeah. that I have yeah. never used. But I was like, I'm in so much pain every day. Yeah. So my husband was in watching... In quest to get jacked. In my quest to get jacked, but also my quest just not to have like... A woman with pain. Uh, wait, hold on. Does that make sense? I've had coffee. I'm like, I have back pain. Yeah. I have my muscles get tight. I'm not sleeping the right way. Yeah, like, yep, yep, I'm yep, getting yep. older. You know what I'm saying. Um, so we put on this TV show that I love called Wrecked. My husband wrote mm-hmm. on it, uh, not this season, but a previous season, which and is how I got into it. Who worked on we it. do. And I will tell you, I had never watched it before my husband started working on it. It's legitimately so fucking funny. So we had two episodes of it. Okay. And did you, were you in your living room? We were in our, we have like a your TV den? room. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I found, it's don't not a, have like a coffee table there. We do. I was kind of wedged. We don't have a lot of space. Right. Um, I'm, trying so to, I'm just trying to picture Where this. was I? I was rolled I out the mental kind of almost on my dog's bed. Oh, okay. But just I could still see the TV and yeah. I laid the foam roller out mm-hmm. and I I laid on it on my back and mm. I opened my shoulders mm-hmm. and I rolled out my legs. Did and your then back I, crack? It didn't crack, but it felt so good. When I when I foam roll along my back, I hear it crack. I mean, that's it's a so good sign. Satisfying. satisfying. So I did that for almost an hour and it... An hour? Well, I just was like... I, I mean, my husband must have thought I was out of my mind. I would just be like rolling on balls and I'd be like, oh, <laughs> uh, like he was moaning in a weird way. Not a sex, not a sexy kind of moan. Did you, guttural. did you access any pains or muscles that you were like, oh, oh, that's the one. I have so many of those. I have a kind of chronic lower back pain that's that is feeling so much better. Oh my gosh. And then I have a shoulder, kind of uncomfortable shoulders, and then I just have tightness everywhere. Yeah. And I'm very rounded in the shoulders, so mm-hmm. I need to kind of open those mm-hmm. up and it's just a whole thing. So yes, there were lots of spots that I hit. Hence the the like oh, like that kind of just awful Yeah. Like the sound of you know, your muscles being butchered by a lacrosse ball. But anyway, in a good way. In a good way. And it made me really realize like this is something I should be incorporating into kind of a more daily or weekly practice. Yeah. Um, so that was that was really nice. And then also I've been getting really into a new ritual in my gratitude Facebook group. Yes, I'm all ears. A friend has started 
a daily post where we say one thing that we did that today that we're proud of. And that's harder for me to dig up than things I'm grateful for. Mm. And I've, I've been really working on the old self-love stuff mm-hmm. and having to kind of reframe my, my thinking about my day in terms of like, what did I do that I feel really proud of is really interesting. Can you give me an example of something that you were proud of? I mean, it's sometimes it's as simple as like paying a bill mm-hmm. or a parenting mm-hmm. thing, or even just like, you know, I I went and I exercised and I like really rocked it out. Yeah. It can be that it can be that simple. Or I sat and I wrote a hundred words, or I like called a friend who I hadn't connected. It's it can be like it's literally anything. Um but just but but it ha- I have to time I have to like reframe how I'm thinking of things. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh I am I guess I am proud of myself that like I, I don't know, I, I, I went and walked my dog three miles and took that time for myself and it felt really good. And I enjoyed looking at the sun as it set. That's a long walk. I did a three-mile walk with my dog this weekend. It felt great. So that's been really interesting. And then I looked at myself in the mirror today and I said, I love myself. And then I walked away. (laughs) So just I'm working on – that's something – That's a place that needs deep work for me Mm -hmm. is Mm self-love. So maybe that's where I'm headed. It's been – been, I'm trying to just like look at myself and be like, "Mm mm-hmm, I love you. I, I mean, do you have self-love? Do you have, do you dwell in self-loathing? Is that a spot for you? Um, it used to be, it used to be so severe and I was actually reflecting the other day how it's gotten so much better. Oh, that's, and did, did, was and that a conscious effort or is it just kind I of? I think it was partly a conscious effort. I think it was partly kind of becoming more self-aware, mm. um, and also just kind of like growing up. Yeah. I think has been part of it. And um you know what is another funny thing that I feel like makes is feels sort of superficial and I'm almost embarrassed to say it, but part of the reason <laughs> this is real true confessions. Okay. Now, part of the reason why I started my slow clothes movement mm-hmm. Instagram is because I wanted to get more comfortable with seeing photos of myself. Oh, that's beautiful. Are we going to cry in this episode? Maybe. This is very this is very real. Well, it's vulnerable for you. Yes, and I've always like I've always hated photos of myself at the time. You know what I mean? Yes, and then like and then 10 you, years later yes. you're like, "Oh, I looked hot. What was wrong with me?" Yes, I uh, And yeah. I wanted to be like this is so annoying. I didn't want to be one of those people who is just like constantly posting selfies because I think that's a lot. But I did want to feel comfortable with posting pictures of myself and feeling comfortable in my body and feeling comfortable about how I looked. And has it helped? And it's really helped. And I'll tell you in part why it's helped. And this is like, this is a sort of like social media double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. But I do find the like the response from mostly strangers of like, you look cute to actually be really validating. Uh, Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I totally feel that way too. Yeah. And so I feel like that has actually really helped. I think there's something about the practice of, and I don't post every day, but there have been periods where I post, like when I was doing this curated closet exercise, which I want to devote like 
more time to in a future episode. Um, but one of the things that you do is you have to keep track of your outfits for two weeks. And so I was posting every day. And like, just that practice was like, helpful for me. And also not like looking at things and being like, oh, I don't love that outfit, but I still like myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. I mean, our guest today, Maeve Higgins, talks about Instagram and her book and yeah. how it's like a, been a very positive experience yeah. for her. Yeah. So I think that's really, be, I mean, social media doesn't have to be all bad. No. That's really affirming. Yeah. And not in a superficial way. I think it can, it can, it can help to hear other people. Like, I think when people start can suggest something kind about yourself. You it helps you believe it too. Totally. You don't need the you know you don't always need outside validation. But right, th- there's no harm in it. Yeah, so I think that has actually been a really helpful exercise for me in terms of getting over some of my last like vestiges of insecurity mm. and self loathing. Yeah. Those can be deep and hard to dig out of. Mm-hmm. And also hard to kind of recognize what they are. Yeah, exactly. totally. Or not even think twice about it. Yeah. Like it took me a long time to realize I was being really brutal to myself. Mm-hmm. Those voices just become like the norm. Yeah. Yeah. How has the rest of your week been going? Well, I went back to Broadway dance class. You know, and I... I watched one of the most recent videos on the Broadway and it's Instagram to try to find trying to find you in the videos is my favorite activity. Did you watch you the, in there. Um, the ease on down the road from the whiz? I did. I didn't find you in that yeah, one. Well, You're like, in there? No, because that video, the video you probably watched was probably from the Monday night class. I watched the Tuesday night class. We'll talk. I mean, we can yeah, figure sure. this out off um, the air. But <laughs> sorry. So I hadn't gone in a little while because I'd done my embryo transfer and you're yeah. not really supposed to do like strenuous exercise for a while after. But it had been over a week and I was sort of like, I feel okay. Like I can go back. Good. Um, and But I went back. There's a class on Tuesday mornings. Ooh, a Broadway dance morning a experience. A Broadway dance morning experience. And for various reasons, I'm usually not able to go. I usually go on Monday nights. But the last time I went on Monday night, it's a, and it's a great class. I love it. I love the teacher. I love the dancing. The Monday class is so crowded. And... I also like, I feel like my manifestation of social anxiety comes out in workout classes. Sure. (laughs) Like, especially when you join a class that's like a cult favorite class and there's all these people who have been going to it for years and they all know each other. And and in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, they like, they think I'm such a loser. You know what I mean? You know what I I talked about last week. Totally. The social anxiety. It's so dumb. There's like a part in the warm up where, and this is like, I, I like seriously get anxious about it every time you have to like face another person in the class. And like, there have been a few times when I've been like, oh my God, that girl just like turned away from me and is like turning toward, and I'm sure it is mostly in my head. (laughs) There's 1%. <laughs> but that has become like sort of stressful for me. I, Dory, at SoulCycle, you have to like high five the people yes! around you. And, and I always like look around and have nobody to high five. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? It's so it's like, and I'm like, why am I fixating on this? I know he just means it. Like the instructor just means it as a sort of like community, like way to, for people to... And I like I seriously start anticipating it like two songs before I'm like, oh, God, there's going to be the part where we have to face the other person. So the Tuesday class, there's like a third of the number of people. 
it was much more low key. Most of the like mean regulars. <laughs> is it a click of regulars? Yes, it is a click of regulars. Are they quote mean? No, but they all know each other. They've all and they all stand near each other. I get it. I get it. And it's just sort of like a lot. And they don't come on Tuesday mornings, or most of them don't come. Do you think they listen to this podcast? There are people in the class who listen to the podcast oh, hello. and have introduced themselves to me. They are not the mean ones. Okay. I will say they are very nice. Um, who knew there was all this drama going on? Broadway it's day. in my head. It is a thousand percent in my head. But that being said, when I went to the Tuesday class, I was like, oh, this is, this feels so, it's like so much lower stakes to me. I have created this whole drama. I, guaranteed <laughs> other people have this experience in their exercise classes. Oh, Guaranteed. Yes. This is I the culture had, of exercise class. This was this was exactly what happened to me in my favorite step aerobics class in New York. Go on. Um, there was a clique of regulars. I like over the years, I went to this class for like two or three years. I like I didn't insinuate myself into the clique, but I did join the teachers. I think I've mentioned this before. I joined the instructor's email list. Which I am okay. still on. <laughs> I can't bring There's a myself lot happening here. <laughs> to, to unsubscribe. So it's like, hey guys, sorry I can't make the Wednesday class oh, in yeah, Irving Place. And you're living in Los Angeles. <laughs> I don't even live in New York anymore. <laughs> um, anyway, I actually, I think I wrote something about this when I worked at the New York Observer about like clicks in exercise classes. So this has like clearly been a thing for me no, for a my yoga time. studio. I remember it was traumatizing. Yeah. Like you I can you, you can identify who the like cool regulars are. Totally. And and I will say to my Broadway dance class instructor's credit, he goes above and beyond to the extent that I've never seen a like cult favorite instructor do to make new people feel welcome mm. he gives people hugs he learns their names he's like oh my god i'm so glad to see you like and i see him do it to so many people That's awesome whereas i have i have had instructors who will only do that to the people they see the, reg every, the, the regulars so i really appreciate that he does that um but it's like a big source of anxiety for me because i don't normally go to i don't know i guess I don't know. But I went back and it was marvelous. And we did a routine to ease on down the road from The Wiz, and which is such a fun song. And I just really enjoyed it. I'm so happy for you. Thank I'm glad you. you made that choice. I am too. <sighs> well, should we take a little break? We should. Whew. Ooh, boy. <laughs> you know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. 
look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm I hearing mean, those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events, there's weddings, there's nights out, it's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get oh, into okay, it. Okay, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say like I I I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires and just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, "Oh god, like get this off of me." <laughs> No, thank once you. Once you once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. 
this is what's so great about Quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, one thing I think is really kind of interesting about skin, my skin, but all skin, is that like, what it needs now in my 40s is not what I needed in my 30s. Totally. Definitely not what I needed in my 20s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like, how are you supposed to know what your skin needs? It's hard. It's hard to know. Especially when there's just like so many products out there. The overwhelm is real. It's a struggle to even know how to get the results you want, what products to start with. This is why we're super excited to partner with Apostrophe. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed medications that are clinically proven to help. I have used Apostrophe. I love it. They will pair you with a board-certified dermatologist who literally creates a personalized treatment plan for your skin. I have done this a few times now. It is so easy to do their online consultation. You upload photos. And like within a few weeks, I had done a consultation and received my treatment plan and my product. Amazing. And that is how I became a tretinoin gal. I love the tretinoin that they sent me. I love their sunscreen. Both products have been amazing on my skin. And you, Forever 35 listeners, can get a special deal from Apostrophe. You can get your first visit for only $5. That's at apostrophe.com slash forever35 when you use our code forever35. Now that is a savings of $15. I like that. This code is only available to Forever 35 listeners. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash forever35 and click get started. And then use our code forever35 at sign up and you will get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. We have a special guest with us today who's been here before. Yes. Facialist Hi. Courtney Chisano's here. Hi, Courtney. Happy to be back. Welcome back. 
We have to talk about sunscreen because this has come up. We haven't addressed it with you, I don't think, yet. And we've had numerous people ask, one, do we need a separate SPF separate from moisturizer or foundation, like when it's in the product? Mm -hmm. And two, chemical versus physical SPF. Okay, let's dive right in. Okay. Seeing it's like 91 degrees in Southern California. It's very right? hot. It's very hot. I and sunscreened very today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sunscreen is important. It's very, very important. For me, I'm a physical SPF kind of human being. Um, it blocks the rays. It reflects them off, which is the best thing as far as I'm concerned. Chemical sunscreens absorb the rays, which can actually turn into heat in the skin. So if you're prone to redness and flushing or you're prone to pigmentation, it can actually exacerbate that. So you want to lean more towards things that are zinc or titanium based because it's actually straight up blocking the rays. But with that being said, it depends on your lifestyle. If you're doing day-to-day things um, where you're not getting really sweaty and you're not outside for 10 hours at a time, Zinc's great. Zinc titanium is wonderful for you. That that would mean you put your moisturizer on. It should be separate from like the SPF in my like, CC cream or whatever. So I like to keep them separate unless, caveat, if it's a mineral makeup because mineral makeup is titanium and zinc. Okay. So that's oh. fine. So like I am a Jane Iredale girl all the way. Who's Jane Iredale? So she is a natural. She calls herself the skincare makeup and it's a natural makeup line. Someone that, else... I think Jessa. Jessa Blades. My, yes. Yeah. Okay. Jessa's my girl. Yeah. I need to meet you, Jessa. We're going to set you up on a friend so, date. <laughs> love it. <laughs> so Jane Iredale makes wonderful products and all her stuff is mineral based and it's zinc and titanium and her powders, I believe, have an SPF of 25 and I use her BB cream too, which I believe has an SPF of 20 and that is my SPF during the day okay. on my face. Um, so I do like that. If it is, say... Neutrogena SPF moisturizer. I don't recommend it. You want to keep your food and your protection separate. You want to feed your skin and then you want to protect your skin. When you mix them, a lot of the times you're not necessarily getting the full benefit of the food, if you will. Mm. Um, you You like to keep them separate. I like that. I like thinking of it that way. Oh, here's a good one for you. Are facials really necessary? If we Ooh. have nice products at home, in question. Oh, wow. but they continue. <laughs> if we have nice products at home, is that good enough? So, I am not one of those people that's like everyone needs a facial every four weeks all the time. I mean, that would be great. I, I would love that, but it's not <laughs> not necessarily the case, and it's realistic. Great products are great at home, but how if you're not an esthetician, how do you necessarily know they're the right ones for you? I don't. So that's where it comes in. You really want to if you have an issue you're looking to correct, you do want to see an esthetician regularly. It's really important to find someone that's really good, knows your skin. And once they start to know your skin, it's really wonderful because you get to this place where it's super comfortable where you can walk in and I can be like, oh my gosh, something's off because I know your skin so well and I can troubleshoot that for you. Whereas instead of you being at home looking at your breath mirror and be like, what is going on? So it's nice to kind of have your own coach, if you will. Um, But if you don't have an issue and you have generally nice skin, I still think it's a nice thing to do for yourself, even quarterly or every, you know, twice a year, go check in with a professional, get your skin looked at, um, see if there's anything that could be, uh, you know, coming up. You sometimes want to do preventative stuff. So you could say like, oh, well, I'm starting to notice your cheeks are flushing a little bit, or I'm starting to notice you're getting a little more pigmentation around your eyes. Those are things that sometimes you don't necessarily notice, but a professional will. So it's nice to kind of have somebody that is looking out for you in that aspect. But if you do have an issue every four weeks is ideal. Okay. A skin coach. I love that. I like that too. Um, 
Oh, sorry. I was going to, I wanted to ask this question that someone was wondering, which is they would love any and all information about scalp moisturizing. Oh yeah. That's interesting. Um, scalp's not a huge forte of mine. I mean, it is part of the skin, but it is very different. It all comes down to a lot of what you're using hair care wise. Mm. Cause a lot of times people are using really like ravaging shampoos and conditioners that just don't work for them and will cause irritation. Uh, so a lot of the times if you're having something like that, I would say stick to the basics, go back to natural stuff. Um, tea tree oil and a carrier oil and coconut oil tend to be your best bets, mm. especially like if you have dandruff, a little tea tree oil mixed into like a carrier oil of some sort will be really nice for that. And that will help with that. Oh, Oh, good. I get such bad dandruff. Yeah. And I bought head and shoulders shampoo. I know. What was I thinking? Yeah. It does the trick though. That's the thing. Sometimes you just need the quick fix, but if you can, you find the time, try the tea tree oil. Do some some experimentation. Give yourself a little scalp massage. Um, I have a question that is a a personal question. Um, There was recently an article talking about all the various vitamins and supplements that are kind of being hawked on Instagram yes, for skin, hair, and nails and how there's no, there's pretty much no proof that any of them actually work. Yes. I'm wondering what your stance on vitamins and supplements for skin is. So there are a few supplements that I do like for skin and certain ones that I personally incorporate. That was another part of my regimen I probably should have talked about because I have internal regimen, which Uh is nice. So I drink collagen, bovine collagen every morning. It's the first thing that goes in my body before my coffee. Do um, you drink it in a glass of water? Glass of water. Okay. Straight down the hatch. Um, I get it from the company I like is NeoCell. I actually called them and asked about their practices okay. <laughs> because I wanted to know how these cows were treated. And they, from what the woman told me, these cows live better lives than we do. They're, they're like French spa cows that are grass fed and free range and all this wonderful stuff. Um, but it's a pretty humane practice. The Bovine collagen doesn't taste great, but I drink it every morning down the hatch. Um, my cat's actually super interested in it, though. He, like, <laughs> I open the jar and he comes running around the corner. So there's something about it that works for him. Um, but that is really wonderful for keeping your skin plump. And it also helps you retain moisture better. So that is something mm. that I do because collagen depletes um, fairly rapidly after 29. That's when you'll start to see it start to really go down. Um, and it's nice to have collagen in your system to kind of compensate for that. Sure. Um, so I do that. I also take a probiotic every night. Oh, so probiotics Mm. are amazing for skin because your gut is very closely linked to your skin. So if your gut is not aligned, your skin will not be aligned. So when you take a probiotic, it kind of helps with that microbiome and therefore reflects on your face's microbiome. Um, and it also, again, helps with your body's ability to retain moisture, which is really nice. Um, it takes down inflammation in the body. Um, Generally, people that have poor digestion, aren't going to the bathroom regularly, will have dull skin, they'll have acne, Mm. they'll have a lot of those problems. So a probiotic, a lot of the times, helps things move along. Uh, So I recommend that. Um, And then the other vitamin that I do really like, too, is if you are prone to redness and flushing in the cheeks, vitamin C with bioflavonoids um, is a great way to help start to repair capillaries internally. So those are the things, but um, always check with your doctor and make sure you're not pregnant or anything like that. You want to always make sure you're being safe and doesn't interact with anything. But those are the three that I enjoy. Good tip. Great. I know. The collagen. Yeah. Love collagen. I try to drink it every day. Yeah, it really. But I put it into my coffee. 
Mm. Is that disgusting? Or it's is not it disgusting. You're still getting it in there. I just like to, they say it absorbs better if it's like first thing down the hatch. Okay. So I feel like coffee is probably offsetting it a little bit, probably. maybe benefit wise. With my tea and my coffee. But then again, I throw coffee down immediately on yeah, top of you know. it. So we'll see. <laughs> Dory, I have another one. Hit me. I mean, yeah, hit us. <laughs> <laughs> there are a few, but this one, um, well, I recently found out that the thing I've thought were blackheads my whole life are actually sebaceous filaments. Yes. Is there anything I can do for them? And then I want to just piggyback this other question, um, which is, oh, shoot, I might have lost it. It was about... Um, extractions. Oh, I read somewhere that extractions may do more harm to pores by stretching them out and that pores just fill right back up in 24 hours anyway. So are those filaments the same things that I'm seeing when I look in my pores? Yeah. So generally like on the nose area or like a little bit on the chin, those really topical little black spots, those are sebaceous filaments. Those are not blackheads. They're not blackheads. Blackheads are those like real plugs that you can pop out and almost feels like a little pearl. Um, you know, because everyone is like felt it and like rolled it between their fingers. Yeah. Like, let's be real here. We've all been really creepy with a blackhead before, so let's just go there. Whereas sebaceous fil- filament, not that you should do this, but it's essentially one you can like scrape your fingernail across and it comes off really easily. Yes. Those are sebaceous filaments. Okay. A lot of times people have them on their chin, they have them on their nose. Um, your best bet for that is getting a facial, but also you can do uh, a BHA, like a beta hydroxy acid, like oh. salicylic, because that creates um, like kind of a little bit of a gentle sloughing regularly and that will help try to keep that clean Um, but it is nice to have it professionally cleaned out once in a while and then using the bhas as a supplement at home so do they fill back up in 24 hours so your skin's always pumping out oil right sebaceous glands that's their job and thank god because it's so important to lubricating everything and keeping us young looking you want to have oil it's what keeps you young looking so um they do fill back up but to say like it's 24 hours and they look the exact same that's not the case it takes a little time for the oil and the pore to oxidize and get that dark color and build up with that skin and makeup and all that stuff so um i mean i definitely would say that when i give myself a facial my pores look like ironclad super clean for at least a solid week or two okay so great i get deal with those sebaceous that's the best filaments Filaments. yeah can we talk about sebaceous hyperplasia real quick what is that (laughs) so i feel like more and more women are having these and i just want to bring this up so if you have a little pore on your face that looks like almost like a little donut have you guys ever seen that they're really common a lot of women have them on their foreheads they look like a little donut it's like a little malfunctioning oil gland where the oil starts to come up around the sides Wait, like the, up the, big, the big white dots no like, like those like milia okay that's yeah, milia okay that's milia but if you have like a pore that looks like almost like a little donut it's called a sebaceous hyperplasia it's kind of like a malfunctioning um oil gland don't pop it go see a derm have it zapped off oh, oh. yeah Good I've tip. never heard of the do- face donuts. Yeah, me neither. But now I'm going to be on the I mean, look. I'm just going to say, you're going to fall down that rabbit hole <laughs> on find Google later fast. and it's going to be real fun. <gasps> yes. Wait, Milia, though, I have those all around my eyes. Yes. So what are you using around your eyes? I don't know. I <gasps> wash my face. How long have you, have you always had the Milia? I would say in like, yes, in like the last five to 10 years. Yeah. Okay. So Milia are kind of finicky little creatures. It's a keratinized ball underneath the yeah. skin. So there's no pore attached. Again, don't pick. You're just going to make it mad. Okay. Um, so you don't want a mad million. You don't want mad millions. <laughs> they're, they're very volatile. Um, so don't pick at it. It doesn't have a pore. It's not coming out. Okay. Um, 
a lot of the times it can be from a product that's too rich for that area. Oh. Like sometimes you can maybe have an eye cream that's too rich for you. Um, a lot of the times it can just be something that you're genetically prone to. You can go to a derm and they just do a little and they pop it out. Okay. But that wouldn't be something that your facialist should do or can they? Depends on the state. Okay. Oh, oh. I, someone did it to me in California. This woman was like, it's no problem. And just was like poking them out. Yeah. Okay. The thing is, again, loaded question. Right. <laughs> Most, mostly all estheticians can. Right. But yeah. will they? Yeah. Right. It's just will they. Okay. Um, well, Courtney, once again, it was a pleasure having so you. Um, can you remind our listeners where they can find you? You can find me at CourtneyChisano.com. And my Instagram handle is CourtneyChisanoSkincare. Great. And everyone, if you have questions for Courtney, just email us at Forever35Podcast at Gmail. We'll keep them coming. We sure will. You will keep coming back. <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm. Okay. Which is okay. I know. Visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel. I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Our guest today is Maeve Higgins. Hello, Maeve. Hello. Um, hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, Kate is just going to read a quick bio of yours. Here it is. Okay. <laughs> Maeve Higgins is a contributing writer for the New York Times and the host of the hit podcast, Maeve in America, Immigration IRL. She is a comedian who's performed all over the world, including in her native Ireland, Edinburgh, Melbourne, and Herbal. 
now based in New York. She co-hosts Neil deGrasse Tyson's Star Talk, both the podcast and the TV show on National Geographic. And Maeve has also appeared on Inside Amy Schumer and on WNYC's awesome show, Two Dope Queens. And mm-hmm. Maeve has a new book out, which is almost the exact same title as her podcast. It's Maeve in America, Essays by a Girl from Somewhere Else. And it's really funny and also poignant. Maeve, welcome. Thank you. I just, it's really nice to hear my resume all summed up like that. It makes me sound like I've really achieved something. <laughs> Doesn't it, feel like it. It feels good, right? <laughs> yeah, I might just get a recording of that case and just play it back to myself at nighttime when I'm feeling pointless. <laughs> I feel like actually that would be a very good kind of like self-confidence boosting ritual for all of us. Totally. Just like set Have our achievements. record oh, our bios. I would do that. Kind of like Carl Castle on yes. Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Yes. I could do that for a listener. Okay, we're getting <laughs> off track. Um, Maeve, it's so great to have you here. Um, Dory and I have been chatting about your book before we hopped on to talk to you. Um, could you give us, since our listeners might be meeting you for the first time, or maybe they're mm-hmm. well-versed in who you are. Could you just give us a little bit of a rundown about um, kind of what you touch upon in your book? Well, it's a steamy, erotic thriller. No, it's, <laughs> My it's, favorite. Um, it's comedy essays. It's uh, funny essays. And um, I suppose my themes really are um, immigration and family and just being in my 30s and all of the experiences that I've been having for the past few years. And I started writing for the New York Times and then sort of expanded those um, essays and then wrote new ones um, to get this collection going, you know. Um, I started as a stand-up comedian, so it's very important to me to be funny when I can. And so um, hopefully the the book is funny too, you know. So far, people have said it is, but those people have been my sisters. (laughs) (laughs) Your many sisters. Yeah. Well, like four out of six of them said it was really funny Uh-oh. and then two of them were like i'm i've been meaning to read that <laughs> um, <laughs> uh. they're busy i appreciate honest family members oh yeah and i mean it's just you know the especially my older sister she's like a real person who works um she works for UNICEF and she's in Jordan. So she's like properly busy um, <laughs> working with Syrian children. So I'm not about to be like, but did you read about the time I went swimming with dolphins? You know? <laughs> <laughs> she's actually like organizing immunization programs for children. <laughs> so oh. it's fine. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that I read about in your book that resonated with me as just the co-host of this podcast. A lot of topics that have come up from our listeners. I wanted to just read a little quote um, from a chapter that you titled, Are You My Husband? Mm -hmm. And here's what you wrote. It's about dating. Stepping onto the dating field makes me feel like a discus thrower, and the discus is my self-esteem. Everything bad I believe about myself, true and false, comes rushing to the surface, and I get scared. My friend Claudia says it's all in my head. She urges me to act as if, to act as if I'm a hot piece of ass. That way I'll (laughs) convince others, and then they'll come a tappin'. Which makes me, I like that idea that they're going to come tapping that ass. Uh, <laughs> but I was curious if you could talk, if you could touch on that a little bit. We get a lot of listeners who reach out who are kind of getting back into dating or dating in their 30s. And it is a bit of a drain on your self-confidence and your self-esteem. And I'm curious if you could touch on what your own personal experiences have been. Sure. I mean, there's actually really no such thing as dating in Ireland, 
I do not know how we get together. I feel like, you know, suddenly you're going out and you're, maybe it's a work meeting or maybe it's a um, friend of a friend and then suddenly you're seeing him all the time and then you're sleeping together and then you own a house together. <laughs> like it's all very indirect and fuzzy and probably deeply unhealthy. Um, so when I got to New York, people are so upfront here. It was really... It, blew my mind you know people like do you want to get coffee you know we're, we're on a date now and it was so straightforward and so kind of uh transactional that that uh yeah it's shocking and you start to kind of break yourself down in that way of like okay so I look this way my qualifications are like this and it's kind of a tough way to see yourself you mm. know as a set of assets or whatever um so I don't know. I mean, I definitely uh, I don't actually it doesn't preoccupy me a lot, especially this, these past two years. And um, I'm more focused on my work, I think, than on dating. Um, and that's that's been working for me. You know, I also got a dog. <laughs> It's better and than I dating. Realized, yes. Yeah. Pets as self-care. Yeah. I Pets mean, I said, that, yes. I, I said that to my friend Marie and she was like, that is the whitest thing you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, but it's true. I realized when I got my dog that I hadn't made an effort with any guy in six months. Now, she is not my boyfriend, as I keep telling her, but she keeps dragging me into these engagement ring shops. Oh, <laughs> but I am. Um, <laughs> Very But it's funny. Focused. I'm more concerned with um, other things at the moment than with dating. And I think that's actually working out well for me because I'm more um, interesting as a person. Do you find people have a hard time accepting that? I feel like sometimes there's there's such a culture of there's only value in being partnered or married or, or and I don't know if that's specific to America or if it's similar in Ireland as well. And you, you've probably seen both. But do, do you find that people that makes people uncomfortable? Um, not that I've not that I've personally noticed. Yeah. I mean, I'm also like part of a big group of single people who um don't don't um you know don't seem to value that as much. I think I'm more concerned um with like <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like all I want to do is learn and make stuff and work. Um, and I seem to be surrounded by people who are just like that. And it's great if you get some romance in or if you have somebody really great to sleep with for a while. But apart from that, it's not high on my mind. And I think that's what's great for me about living in New York, because if I was back home, first of all, lots of my friends had children when they were in their teens. So they now wow. have like teenage children. And then others of my friends, you know, the kind of uh, people that I was in college with, they had kids when they turned 30. And so um, I'm not, you know, part of the that gang in that way and I don't have any children that I know of um, <laughs> you, so, never know. Um, you never know somebody will just come knocking on the door Mom. <laughs> um, but yeah so yeah I just care about other stuff um, for now anyway that that might change obviously when I do meet Michael Fassbender Oh, I mean, he's married now, but that that's never stopped anybody. No, no. certainly never. Doesn't seem to stop. Him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dory, getting a Michael Fassbender. I mean, um, me. Dory, what do you know? <laughs> Look, I read Dory, a lot. I read a lot of blind item <laughs> websites. <does>. Okay, <laughs> um, Maeve. 
comedians are not exactly renowned for their um, self-care abilities, I think is a fair statement. Um, what do you do to kind of stay grounded and, and sane in the midst of insanity? I thought it would be so funny, Dory, if you were like, what do you do to look after all of those guy comedians who don't look after? Oh. That was my follow-up question. <laughs> we got to take care of the men. No, screw them. Those poor, badly dressed men who forget to drink water. Um, well, you know, I have definitely found that going outside is really good because when you're a comedian, you tend to stay up late. You're working in bars and clubs yeah. and you have drinks and like you meet others like-minded hyperactive at nighttime sleepy in the morning individuals right so um i think i moved near prospect park in brooklyn and uh and i got a dog and so those two things have been amazing for me because i've just been literally going outside and walking in the fresh air and meeting like non-comedians and non-writers just people with dogs and i don't know what they do but um, that's been really good for me. And I think also um, staying in touch with uh, family and friends, which sounds so basic, I know. But I think when you're an immigrant and you're away from your family and the people who've known you forever, um, it's really easy to kind of float up in a way and uh, not stay connected and just have these brief connections with people who don't can't really tell how you're doing. Um so for me to make a good effort to stay to stay connected and be honest with the people who know me best, um, that's been helpful in the past year or two, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we often get questions also from people who want to know how to maintain contact with friends and family long distance, because it is hard, even with FaceTime and time differences. And, you know, I find that I try to like make phone appointments with people, um, which sometimes yeah. works and sometimes doesn't, but I, I, it does take more effort than you kind of in our, in our interconnected world than you think it should. Yeah, certainly. And I think as well, um, I found myself being such a dickhead because I was like <laughs> talking to my sisters at home and I was like, okay, thinking I'm going to be walking to the subway at that time so I can speak to them while I'm walking there. And then, you know, I'll come over ground and then I'll be able to call that other one. But you have, I had to understand that, you know, one of my sisters has three children under five and she's not going to be able to fit in with my schedule where I'm yeah. like I've got a show and then I'm doing a podcast yeah. you know yeah so I think it's meeting people where they're at and saying to her like yes if you're free at nine o'clock if you get the baby to sleep then you ring me and then I'll just drop everything and I'll you know just not do emails while I'm talking to you and <sighs> not be on Instagram and it's really hard because my brain is like very easily distracted yeah but um I think it's just focusing on that and it's really good too as a writer and I'm sure you know you both know this and anybody listening who writes like it's actually really brilliant to get out of your own head for a while mm -hmm. and if you can do that by asking someone how they are and asking them all the small details like what do they have for breakfast and like did are the smallies grown out of their shoes yet and <laughs> just that, really trying to find out you know how they really are right um, that's that's actually selfishly really good for me too. I also love what you wrote about kind of your relationship to Ireland and, and the feelings you have when you go back, like the feeling, the guilt for leaving, 
regret but joy at being back it was it was really interesting to me because i i could relate even just leaving like the east coast that that feeling of like abandoning where we come from but it's good that we did it's it's a mixed bag right like there's no Mm. clear-cut emotional way to feel about the place that we come from and i just thought that was such an interesting the way you approached it really rang true to me oh i'm glad because i um I feel that very keenly, you know, when I go back to Dublin or where I'm from, which is Cove, I'm like, am I a ghost? <laughs> like, <everything laughs> is the same. like I'm here and it, it is very complex. But I do think that when there's some distance between you and the place you come from, that you can see it a bit more clearly. And I think that's really valuable, you know, definitely as a writer, because you get this perspective that you can't have when you're up close to it. Um, So it's definitely been helpful for my work and um, just for my understanding of myself um, to have left, I think has been really has been really valuable, you know. How do you view Americans in terms of <laughs> in terms of observe like I, I loved your observations about small talk in the in America versus the UK versus mm-hmm. I, or versus Ireland. Um, and I'm curious, like, what are your takes, especially since our podcast kind of focuses on wellness and self-care as yeah. as a person who's moved here from another country? What are your takes on kind of the way we treat ourselves in this country? Yeah. <laughs> um, You know, I think uh, self-care is definitely a term that I heard for the first time when I moved to America. There is like no such thing in Ireland. (laughs) Um, And I think that it's been, you know, growing up in this big, busy Catholic family. You know, if you took a nap, everybody would be like, what's wrong with you? Are you sick? (laughs) You know, what happened? Um, And so it's been, you know, I've had to definitely dampen down my cynicism and realize that it is important. And something that I've really gone back to and that I find so powerful for my um, mental health and just for my overall like sense of joy in the world is uh, something that is certainly available to Americans, which is like joking and laughing. And it sounds so basic, but like, I really think it's important to hold on to that. Like sometimes when things are feeling really heavy, you might just go for a drink with a friend and just have such a gossip and like have one of those like snorting fit of the giggles and you come away feeling so much better. But I think that we don't know how valuable that is. Like, you know, there's like a Mm. feeling like, oh, I love when I see that person. But I think the the trick is um, the laughter and you know, I traveled. Uh, it's it's not just America. I love the American sense of humor. And I think that I grew up watching American shows and American comedies. And, you know, the kind of Jewish American sense of humor is just it just gets me. It's like that thing where I'm like, I could never put that into words. But like, that's what I find so funny. Um, so that's a brilliant part of living here. And um I went and I did like a comedy workshop in Iraq in um, 2016 and I was expecting, I mean, it was ignorant of me, but I was kind of thinking like, what am I doing going to Iraq and like talking to people about the importance of comedy and like the importance of finding, you know, levity and darkness. Um, But of course I got there and there was 40 people in the workshop and they were in um, Erbil, which was just you know, just down the road from Mosul, which was still under ISIS control and some of their family members were stuck there. And this group of people, laughter and comedy and making things funny was so crucial to them and to their survival and to their um, just sense of being a person. 
you know and I think that's re- that really taught me I was like oh yeah like it's not this useless skill I think if we if we can all just in our day-to-day exchanges with people just remember like try and make a joke if you can mm, yeah. <laughs> it's actually so it's so good for your health I think um and so it was kind of a growing up being funny was always important but I didn't really value it um I didn't think I thought you know oh being melancholy is interesting or being sad means you really feel. But I think being uh, joyful on purpose is a really great uh, act of resistance if you can do it. Has that also become a coping mechanism in the, our current administration? Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, I was making this immigration podcast talking yeah. to immigrants. and We started in 2016 when, um, I guess, you know, the presidential election was happening and Trump had started to make his promises and started to attack immigrants back then. So it was a very um, tumultuous time. And of course, he's, you know, carried through with those promises and and even worse things have happened um, to immigrants since he's come into power. So I think I definitely learned from everybody that I spoke to. There's great... um, there's great resilience in immigrant communities and a lot of that is founded on a shared ability to kind of laugh when you're down at the cold face. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you guys do that all the time. I listen to your show and you kind of, you know, there's like a little turning point where you just laugh and it's a relief and it's also a point of connection, I think, that I just really treasure. Oh, thank you. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Well, boy, Maeve, this has been a delight to talk to you. Well, I hope that I've kept up my Irish accent sufficiently. It's just a character. <laughs> it's a character that I do. So it's sometimes... <laughs> you can switch can you, out of it now. Can you do an American accent? I come from... I can't. I really can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Kansas City. No, I just definitely cannot do it. My friend Joe was like, you sound like Al Pacino when you try and speak American. <laughs> well, I'll have you know my daughter. I'm reading Harry Potter with my daughter. And she insists that we read the entire book in a British accent. Really? Yeah, I think we listened to the first book on audio with a British uh, audiobook reader. So now we're reading the entire book in a British accent, and it sounds so atrocious. Like I don't, I sound southern half the time. It, it's very hard to do anybody's accent. I definitely couldn't do an Irish accent. I mean, yeah. It's do you have to read it or she? You both read we are it together. You both do. doing it. My husband does it when he reads it with her. Her <laughs> so British accent is bizarre. Like it's, and then you have to try to do the different voices and Hagrid's oh, gruff. I mean, it's a. It just don't ever come to my house at eight p.m. on a weeknight because we sound be like awful. more. I'd be like, is there some Jamaicans? Up there? <laughs> I mean, it's truly. It's like a world spectrum. We travel the world with our accents, Australian. <laughs> I don't even know. Um, I was going to ask you something, if you don't mind. Oh, please. As a writer, like, what do you think about keeping your, like, healthy act together? And what's the number one self-care thing that I should be doing that maybe I'm not doing, i.e. I'm not doing anything? I mean, just from reading your book, the fact that you, like, leave the house and walk to Prospect Park... (laughs) <laughs> and I, I think we I think you live in the neighborhood I used to live in. So I also got homesick reading your book. But uh, you mentioned a coffee shop on 7th Avenue. And I was like, I know the one. Um, wow. But uh, yeah, I'm former Park Slope resident. Um, but I think mm-hmm. just leaving the house every day because writing is so isolating. And you also seem like you have so many meaningful connections with people like your podcast seems so valuable and 
not only is it important for us as listeners, but I think it must be a really rewarding experience. So I just feel like human connection when you're a writer is very key and just like breathing fresh air. Yeah, taking a walk, um, like just mm-hmm. those kind of basic things. Getting and dressed. Getting, getting dressed, getting dressed showering. For, no, honestly, for me, like showering, getting out of my pajamas, like those are actually really important. And I, when I forget yeah. to do that, I'm always like, why do I feel cranky? And then I remember like, oh, I didn't, I haven't showered yeah. in two days. Um, like, What's that smell? Yeah, yes. oh. exactly. <laughs> and just, you know, also for me, things like restorative yoga, like anytime I I am forced to just kind of like slow down, not be around my phone, not be around my computer um, mm. is, is really helpful for me. Oh, well, it's just that I'm, you know, kind of addicted to Instagram. So that's not possible. But thank you for the suggestion. (laughs) Your your chapter on Instagram in your book was like, was so positive. It made me like be like, oh, my Instagram addiction's okay. This is fine. Instagram's a positive thing. Oh my God. (laughs) You changed my opinion about Instagram. No, I shouldn't have written that, but I'm just such an addict that I could justify it. I like love Instagram so hard. So yeah, I did write a whole thing about how you know how it's similar to you know it's like this beautiful aspirational thing and it's like the golden record that we send out into space and um but yeah since then I think that maybe I have a permanent curve in my neck so that's not great (laughs) um Maeve speaking of Instagram where can people find you on Instagram and elsewhere I'm at big titties 55. No, I'm at, um, at Maven America is my Instagram handle. And this is the name of my book too. So yeah. And Maeve is spelled M-A-E-V-E. If anyone is yes. unsure. Yes. Yeah, it's Maeve. Some people say mauve, which is my least favorite color. Um, so I always make a face when that happens, but I'll take it. <laughs> um, well, Maeve, this was truly a delight. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time. And good luck with Thanks, your book Kate. and everything. Yeah, congrats. Thanks, Dory. Thanks yeah. a million. Yeah. Um, all right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So, Kate, mm-hmm. um, well, first of all, let me just say, I could have listened to Maeve talk in her Irish accent for many more hours. She's so cool. She's so cool. And someone I've admired for so long. So it was very exciting for me yes. to get to actually talk to her. Love Maeve. Um, but anyway, mm-hmm. intentions. Yes, ma'am. Last week, you were going to keep working on your social anxiety. How did that go? It is going well. Like, maybe I'm getting too gregarious. <laughs> Should I take you to Broadway dance class with me? Yeah, I'm going to be ditch you for those cool kids in about two seconds. No, today, for for example, this week is the first week of school for my kids. And one of my kids is in kindergarten and all the parents, like we all cluster on this little playground while they play before they walk into the classroom. Now, with my previous child, who's in second grade, I just like stood in a corner and like nervously looked around, but then like felt Did you like look at your phone and like pretend that you had a text? Kind of, or I like warmly smiled at my child, like followed my child so that I didn't have to make eye contact with anyone. And this morning I said hello to somebody who I didn't know. I just said, good morning. I I realize this sounds so basic, but for me... No, I get it. I'm rolling in there with like a backpack of insecurities and nervousness. And I just am trying to like approach, like make eye contact with everyone and greet people and introduce myself. And it's really hard because I want to literally hide in a corner and face a wall. But same. Why is that so hard? Like it's, I get so frozen meeting new people. Me too. And I'm like, 
I always in my head, I'm like, they're going to think I'm weird. They're not going to talk to me. Yes. Oh, I'm so awkward. Why am I doing this? Or like, they're going to think I'm boring uh-huh. or I'm going to have nothing to talk or to. Or the them other about. one, everybody's already become friends and I still don't know anybody. Yeah. Why is that an adult sensation that I'm still having? It's very real. I wish I had an answer for you. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm trying to like break that cycle. Yeah. And... I'm going to try to break it with you. Okay, let's do it. Too. Let's do it. Okay, great. Um, So, so it's been going well and I've been, I've been, I did my foam roll, which was mm-hmm. another thing I brought mm-hmm. up. So I'm feeling kind of like I'm on top of my game this week. I'm happy for How you. How has it gone with your New York trip? Well, um, I have crammed a bunch of stuff in, but I'm excited. I'm like really looking forward to seeing Good. People. You feel good about the cramming. I've reframed the narrative. Hey, that's what this podcast <laughs> is about. Totally. Um, what is your intention for next week? Well, as I mentioned with my feeling proud challenge, I'm going to try to stick with that because I will tell you when I see my friend post the like initiate the conversation, I'm always like, I don't have anything I'm proud of. I'm mm-hmm. just going to not do it. So I'm going to really try to think of a thing that I have done and that I and and look at it in a way in which I'm approaching it from a sense of pride. Love that. And try to try to do one at least, you know, a couple times this week, that if not every great. day. How about you? Well, um, by the time this airs, I will know whether or not I'm pregnant. Oh, my God. That's so fucking intense. NBD. Um, And so I'm just going to try and, like, be okay and keep it moving with whatever result I get. And how has the day-to-day waiting for news, especially like that, has got to be so because every minute must be feel mm-hmm. like 10 hours. Mm-hmm. How has it been going? Well, yesterday I went shopping. You know what? <laughs> that can cure <laughs> temporarily a lot of things. It was just like I, I was feeling very anxious and that is for better or for worse what how I was dealing with my anxiety yesterday. Um, I also had been thinking that I would take a home pregnancy test and then I just didn't. So... I only will have the results of my blood test. For some reason, like I started thinking about sitting in the bathroom waiting for that line. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I was like, I can't do it. And also it's early, right? So the li- it might it's not even be accurate. Early. Yeah, I would have had to get like a, I probably would have gotten like an early response one because that detects pregnancy hormones at a lower level. Yeah. Um, but then even, uh, you know, whatever. I just, I talked myself out of it. Okay. Um. So got up this morning. I was I was the first one at the clinic. Got your blood test. Got my blood drawn and drove home. And now I'm here. Now you're here. So living in the moment as hard as that is. Totes. So hard. Well, listeners, thanks for joining us this week. Yes. Thank you. We appreciate you so much. Um, and just a reminder, we have a voicemail, 781-591-0390. You can call us and leave us a message that we might play on a mini episode. And you can also email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. Don't hesitate to join our Facebook group and the many spinoffs that have been born from it. It's uh, Forever 35 Podcast in the group section on Facebook. And the password is Serums. And if you like the show, please hit us up with an Apple review Wait a second. A review on Apple Podcasts yes. is what I meant. And <laughs> and tell a friend or mention us on whatever social media outlet you enjoy using. We really appreciate that. And it helps people find the show. Um, and also just a reminder that we have a website, forever35podcast.com, where you can find everything that we talk about on every episode. And you can follow us on Instagram at forever35podcast and on Twitter at forever35pod. 
And on that note, Forever 35 is hosted and produced by Dory Shafrir and Kate Spencer and produced, did I kind of say produced? It was a mumble. Produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.